0: GP Insights, a health cert podcast, practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice.
1: Welcome, everybody, and thank you very much for your time and joining us today on the podcast, which is going to be the role of a practice manager. And it's a great pleasure I introduce you to uh, Mark Lindley. Uh, Mark's the Head of People and Culture for the National Skin Cancer Centers. And um, Besides working in medicine, he's worked in many, many different fields over the years in uh people in human resources at management level all the way through and uh, really looking forward to Mark sharing his experiences when it comes to uh, managers uh, but also obviously much more specifically practice managers as such. So welcome Mark.
0: Hi Paul, how are you? It's good to be here today.
1: Excellent. Um, look I, I think we'll just jump straight into it if we can um, and the first question that I have and uh, I probably should for the audience just uh, reflect on the fact that sorry I'm the founder and CEO of HealthCert, but also uh, uh, CEO of, uh, once again, the National Skin Cancer Centre. So a little bit of experience, 20 years of looking after practices and at about 30 or so over that time. So look forward to working with Mark on sharing some experiences, but definitely want to be asking Mark the questions. Um, Mark, so what impact can a practice manager have on clinic operations and culture?
0: Great, great first question, Paul. Look, Um, in short, significant. They can be a real game changer for the practice, both in uh, operational, even financial um, uh, efficiencies. The right practice manager uh, should be able to get in, um, quickly survey um, what's required within the business, hardwire everybody's activities up, and have a very, very smooth uh, operations uh, as an outcome. So the impact is, is significant. You, and you'll also know if you don't have a good practice manager in place. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean,
1: I think also, you know, from my, uh, my experiences, once again, the, the practice manager is pretty much almost critical because they're running the business, particularly for doctors that are owners of, of practices that are obviously typically stuck in a consulting room and managing patients for the most part of it. You know, the, the practice manager effectively becomes the front face of the business Um, And it is obviously critical, as I said, with relation to the operations and also to the culture, because they've got more connection with your staff members than probably what you do, particularly, as I said, if you are an owner operator or in a partnership as a practitioner. Um, So the next question is, when recruiting a practice manager, what are the key areas you look for in a good uh, PM?
0: Well, when I look at the PM and and, and you know I, I evaluate what they actually do, it's, it's quite a multifaceted role. And they're almost like that little GM. They're like a little general manager within the within the business. So um, they need to have a good comprehension across uh, not only um, how they manage and lead the teams, but they need to understand process, process improvement. They need to have a good insight and understanding of uh, technology. Uh, and they just need to be really good at organising, uh, again, procedures through, throughout the whole uh, operations. I think key, and more so today, is they need to be a good resource planner, a good recruiter, and a really good manager of, of performance. You really, uh, because of practice managers, um, you know, it's, they're localised. Uh, they need to really have their finger on you know, what is the local talent market, uh, how they can potentially attract them locally and, and bring them into the into the business. And at the same time, they need to be, um, you know, really aware of, you know, the people that are uh, doing well, the people that may be having challenges within the practice and how they're going to address them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, as I said, is that, you know, there's the, the soft skills of being able to manage people and particularly, I think, you know, as much as we'd love businesses to be plain sailing and running smoothly on a daily basis, we obviously know that things do come up Two people that liked each other yesterday, might not like each other tomorrow. And, you know, having those abilities, to, I think, to be able to identify and see those things, even if they're not necessarily um, spoken, and then be able to address it. Because, you know, typically, as we know, you know, finding good people is hard and you want to retain, obviously, good people, particularly in your practice And the practice manager effectively is the glue or the conduit and obviously allows that to occur. So um, I agree with you, I think, but definitely having the soft skills, you know, I suppose the emotional intelligence to be able to understand, uh, you know, where I suppose you need to be firm because obviously there's certain situations, no, these are the rules or this is the situation and we need to be firm, but also being, you know, somewhat flexible, at least uh, humanised in the sense that if somebody is, you know, clearly dealing with something And it could be, once again, something that's going on in their home. I mean, as I said, it may not have anything to do with work. They could be dealing with, you know, um, divorce. or I mean, this could be many different things going on in their life, uh, which impacts, obviously, their work performance and definitely being able to have those conversations with people and and then feel comfortable to open up so you can obviously try and help them as best you can because we do obviously want to help people uh, that are in challenging situations. And I think the other thing I would also add is probably some level of financial literacy. Um, you know, we, we've typically found from, from our experience, I'm sure you would find the same, is that a lot of practice managers typically have been an experienced receptionist. So someone who's been around for a while, has obviously developed the skills, knows how to navigate around the software and, you know, all of those sorts of things. But ultimately, you know, we are still trying to run a business and we still need someone who's got um, some level of oversight. I mean, obviously, the bookkeepers probably, you know, call it managing the bank accounts. From that perspective and you know practice managers vary from obviously being very financially involved or not quite so much but ultimately you know we still need to have a handle on you know what we are turning over what are the costs of the practice um and for the practice manager to be somewhat vigilant in seeing those numbers and understanding them because there's mm. nothing worse as you know to do a lot of hard work and then find out you know the, the practice actually isn't covering its costs of, of operations so mm. um that would be uh, my additional comments. Anything mm. further on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, almost like what you're saying, Paul. It, it, they're almost like a business manager uh, for 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 that operation. Would would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so, and I think that um, that's why we've got to be careful. I think uh, internally promoting people sometimes within a practice. You know, they might be a fantastic receptionist and obviously really across their job, but you put them into a management role where they suddenly have to manage other people and or you know, as I said, have a high level of financial literacy and potentially you could be setting them up to fail Mm. because, you know, what what it takes is, you know, to be a manager of people is very different to be just very good at your job. Mm. Um, And I'm sure, once again, you would have experienced that as well. So I, I definitely would caution practice owners to just necessarily elevate the most senior receptionist when your practice manager leaves. You're much better off looking at the market, maybe bringing in a fresh set of eyes and ears into the business but you do really need them to have the skills that you you mentioned Mark and I think it's Mm -hmm. very important that you know have confidence that the person you're dealing with can actually run your business because you know most of these practices even if they're small you know they're still turning over a million dollars if it's bigger could be two or three it's not insignificant sums of money or a business of that size to manage with many different working parts and I think that you know you really do need someone who's able to do that and just say Mm -hmm. just because you're a an experienced receptionist doesn't necessarily make you the best candidate to um, be the manager as such.
0: Yeah. You know, that's just interesting. If I could ask too, Paul, I mean, you know, the the business um, has gone through a a rapid growth and will continue to grow. What have you probably seen as, um, you know, founder and CEO of the business? What have you actually found as probably the biggest change for the role of a practice manager from those early days to probably where we are now?
1: Well, there's probably I think two. One is that um, you know, the, from a resource perspective, you know, financial resources has become a lot tighter. I mean, there's a lot of upward pressure on costs. Um, you know, we've we've got, um, you know, I suppose like any business, you know, we, we we try to manage many different moving parts at the same time from that side of it. So I think definitely having some level of financial literacy uh, or skills is you know is definitely is important. I think the other one definitely is the people side of it. As I said, it's fi- finding good people is getting harder and harder, right? The mm. labor market is definitely tightening up, as I'm, I'm sure you know that as well. Mm. So, you know, if you find a good person, you want to be able to keep them. And there's obviously methods and techniques, which I'm sure we could share in a later podcast around, obviously, how you can retain good people. Um, and obviously, identify those who are not clearly the right person either, and being able to, to move them on in a way that doesn't cause too much disruption within the business. Mm. Um, so I think definitely, you know, what we've seen, I, th- I think in the past is where practices have probably got away with having poor performers in the you know in the business, mainly because they didn't probably want to have that uncomfortable conversation or or deal with the issue. I think increasingly less and less, you know, as, as businesses or practice owners or managers you know, can we do that? Because mm. ultimately, you know, if you've got one bad egg in amongst a bunch, it then starts affecting or infecting everybody else. So, you know, having a, a practice manager who can, you know, jump on that um, is important. And I think in the past we've sort of just let it slide and hoped that it would go away. But yes. inevitably that's what I've, I think has changed, you know, over the last, you know, 10, 20 years that I've been doing this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Totally agree. Ex- so
1: the next question is, how can a doctor maximize their relationship with a uh, practice
0: manager? Look, I, it is a, that is a really good question, and I, I thought about that, and I'm think, uh, you know thinking about that, I should say. And uh, look, I would sum it up is the going to, a doctor is going to maximize their relationship if they really get underneath and understand what the day in the life of a practice manager is and, and what they do, and it's not to necessarily walk in their shoes it's to to understand uh, the multifacets of the role, to appreciate that there are uh, a whole series of conflicting priorities in in every day that the practice manager um, is is leading those teams. Uh, I think that it's important that uh, the doctor and the practice manager do make time where they can to sit down and sort of discuss not only the day to day activities but the broader activities with, within the business not so much isolated to their own area the doctor's own area of responsibility but as a whole operation how are things how are things unfolding where potentially could be challenges um, but in summary definitely the doctor understanding what is the day to day activity of a practice manager
1: yeah I can't agree with you more I, I think that um, if you know people want some so I suppose practical hints on how to probably optimise that. I mean, one of the challenges that a practice manager may have and or the doctor for that matter is obviously trying to find time to sit down with one another because ultimately, you know, as the practice owner, you want to be in a position to really understand what is going on um, and, you know, probably an opportunity to review how things are performing. So my recommendation definitely would be to set aside time once a week, That's it's a dedicated, Could be after work, could be lunch, whatever it is, put aside an hour And, you know, the practice manager then knows if they've got specific things they want to talk about, they can then, you know, put them into that meeting and have a meaningful discussion, not just, you know, trying to get you as your in-between patients to have that conversation. Mm. The other thing I would also encourage you to do is, you know, use this opportunity to see how the practice has gone that week. You know, look at the billings, you know, in comparison to this time last year or or last week. Um, As I said, you know, have a structure around it. So, hopefully, you know, we've been able to encourage practice owners is to think about where you're trying to go with your practice. You know, you're trying to grow your practice, just consolidate it, you know, bring in new services. I mean, there's different things that call it a practice owner, hopefully, would have some level of vision as to where they want to go with their business. And ultimately, the practice manager is going to be the person that's probably doing a lot of that work. So, you know, being able for the practice owner and manager to sit down and work out where are we trying to go with this thing, mm. you know, clearly document that as the three to five priorities that we're looking to achieve and the timeline to do so. And then as part of this weekly meeting or catch up as you do is, you know, sit down and, you know, how are we progressing with this? But, you know, as I said, create time because ultimately that you're going to get the best out of your practice manager when you spend down, sit down and spend time with that particular person. Um, and, and probably finally to, you know, on that point would be to probably have a monthly catch up where you look at the financials in a little bit more detail, you know, obviously costs versus, uh, you know, ver- you know, related to expenses, just to see how that is. So once a month, maybe you make the meeting a little bit longer or once again, we can look at the, the monthly figures for the practice just to see that we're on track uh, in comparison to what we thought we were going to be.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes it's, it's you know, starting those conversations be, can be just as easy with a doctor and the practice manager by the doctor just saying, did we have a good week? And if we did, what made it great? If we didn't, what made it not so great? And start to peel back, as you uh, rightly say, all of the things that we potentially that could address together.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, as I said, it's just more make the time. It's not time yes. that's, and you know, if it is, you know, the end of the day of Thursday or whatever it is, just make sure that you do, you know, create that, that time. And look, and look, it is difficult to run on time as a doctor. We, we understand and appreciate that. But just just understand that if the practice manager gets, you know, direct access to you as the decision maker or decision makers, if obviously you're in a partnership, um, it's going to help them a lot because ultimately otherwise they're, you know, they're so going to try and find five minutes here and there and you're not really going to have the time to sit down and have a meaningful discussion. Yeah. Um, and the last last question I've got for you is, um, how do you know if you have the wrong practice manager fit for the clinic? So how do you know if you've got someone who's not the right fit?
0: Well, look, as you said, Paul, I've worked in very different, you know, many different types of organisations. And um, I find regardless of the role, you just know it we've got the wrong person it's regardless you just you just know it the challenge is is trying to get out of that sort of denial and going okay do I give them another day another week another month will it will it improve look I think the main thing is regardless but even if we talk more specific with say the practice managers um, I think a good indication that you have brought somebody on board And, you know, you want to get a bit of understanding on how they're performing and is it working out or or is it not? Is really getting down to how quickly they engage with uh, the different individuals within the business. Um, What I call is what are those signs of early adoption uh, coming in? They may have some of the knowledge, but they may not have all of the knowledge. And how quickly are they picking up that gap in information? Uh, Again, how they're engaging with the rest of the the business, how they're getting their heads around, their head around the different technology and the different processes and procedures. And I also think presence and visibility. uh, Particularly whether you're existing moving into another clinic, an existing employee moving into another clinic or an external candidate coming into a new clinic, you really want people to see that you're visible, you're doing things, you're action orientated, Um, and you're there to support uh, the business so I I guess in summary if they're a couple of weeks in and they're not picking it up they're not visible and they haven't got a strong comprehension of the business um, or even giving that indication that they've got a getting a stronger comprehension of the business I would see them as starting to be uh, warning signs. Yeah
1: I I do agree with you I think there's a couple of things in there as well probably to highlight one is as a practice owner, you need to be able to give them meaningful feedback, and that's positive and or negative. And look, and you know we should also highlight what people are doing well, as well as we're obviously pointing out areas that perhaps are for improvement because what you don't want to be is in a position where the practice managers think they're doing an awesome job and then you know three or six months into it, you then you know cut them loose. I mean, I think that, Um, most people, particularly if they are in that sort of management level, you know, actually do like feedback. I mean, if they don't, then you definitely have the wrong person for the job. Mm. Um, And I think that if you can, because, you know, everyone's expectations are going to be different, right? So as a practice manager, you know, in my practice A, I might think this is the most important thing and, and what's important to me. So if you bring someone from, you know, externally, they might obviously have had a previous owner who may have had different expectations. So I think... Definitely, you know, being up front as to when you bring them on, you know, what you do expect in the role and what you would like to see. So at least they understand what it is your expectations are. Mm. And then giving them feedback related to that uh, is important because what normally happens, uh, you know, marketers, and you know this, is that generally people can see if they're not working in a role, right? They, they can generally feel it sense it, as I said, it's, mm. it, it is actually unfortunately a little bit uh uh, fuzzy in the, the feeling side of it. You, know, you can feel whether someone's working or not. Um, but being in a position, as I said, to sort of let them see that, if they then think, of course, they are the square peg in the round hole and it's not going to work, they'll probably self-select themselves out and then move on. Because one of the core challenges, you know, is once you get past a probationary period for, for an employee, it then becomes very difficult to potentially move them. So, I think that, um, you know, if you are going to elevate someone from reception into a management role, make it very clear that, you know, they're on a probation to see, obviously, if they do work out or not. If they don't, then have the honest conversation with them and give them the opportunity to step back and then find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you're, you're right. I mean, in the sense that it is something you feel. I mean, you know, as an owner, you might get feedback from the, you know, the receptionists or nurses that, you know, because obviously as a doctor, you're only going to see so much. And ultimately, you're probably going to see the best version of the practice manager when, you know, they're visible to you. Um, But obviously, it's really how they're managing the people when the door's shut in your consulting room is probably what matters most. Um, And I think one of the other things for me, definitely an experience is, you know, a practice manager who sits out the back and barks orders at people and generally doesn't seem to be, you know, in the trench and helping people out when they need help is definitely a large warning sign. I think you want someone who's a proactive team member who cares about everybody and and rolls up their sleeves when required versus sort of mm. sit on the pulpit and bark instructions which obviously generally is not going to go down too well so you know as and that goes back to that personality elements we were talking about before if you've got someone who is very dogmatic and you know loves power and just loves to exert it they're really going to probably you know irritate people pretty quickly but uh, hopefully mm. you can sense that through the interview process or if it is somebody on your team you want to elevate You'd be comfortable that they would have those skills.
0: Mm, absolutely, and it's it's that you know it's that visibility. And as you rightly say, it's no point in sitting in a room and barking orders out. You, you know, if you want people to do things, vast majority of the time, you need to you know demonstrate that you know it's something that you would do. The only the other thing I would pick up what you said, Paul, is on the probation, and you know. The thing is with the probation period from, for people that, uh, you know, don't, don't leave it until the uh, fifth month, fourth week and fourth day in that week to all of a sudden decide if that person is the right fit for the role or, or the business. It, um, I, I think you mentioned about, you know, constant feedback. The, the earlier you start giving people feedback, um, you know, the better chance you have of guiding them within the role.
1: Yeah, uh, and I agree, and I, and I think, look, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd argue that you know the practice manager should be doing that with their existing staff or new staff, particularly, of course. Um, but conversely, you know, as the practice owner, you're the one that's got to give the feedback to the um, practice manager because ultimately they report to you. I mean, if you look at the, the you know the line of obviously uh, decision making or responsibility, you as the owner have the responsibility to you know give the practice manager the feedback. I mean, you can talk to the other team members or other doctors obviously to get mm. some little sense of their experience because ultimately you might find that one person they don't gel with but everybody else does love them so you don't want to listen to the squeaky wheel all the time because that might be the person who just clearly just doesn't get it yes. um so you know if you are in a situation where you're not sure if someone's working out then maybe having once again a conversation with you know some of the key team members that you trust and, and like it's not a pick on exercise it's just you know how do you think they're going in the role and and what's great and once again focus on what's good as well as what's bad because ultimately sometimes when you do that there might be something they're not really great at but they're so good at everything else you're going to accept that you know that one area that they are maybe not so strong in is worth putting up with or at least understanding and maybe that's coachable or fixable um so i think we just you know as, as business owners just need to be mindful no one's ever going to be perfect in every role we're ever going to do. They're mm. either able to be trained or, or able to realise that's the case and rectify it, you know, or not. And obviously, if the uh, negatives outweigh the advantages, then we probably need to free up their future and let them go and find somewhere else to work and play. So, um, yeah,
0: definitely, awesome.
1: Excellent. Well, Mark, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And Thanks. hopefully people on the podcast will obviously find... Uh, the conversation today somewhat of any use or benefit. And if there's any way that we can assist in any way, shape or form, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, We love your feedback and we love to help people on their journey and running the practice and having a great team that helps serve their patients and their community. So thanks very much for your time today, Mark, and
0: I will look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks, Paul. It was great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to healthcert.com.